from the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Monday, May second. It's springtime. It's May Day. It's Derby time here in here in Louisville. Even though I don't really care about it, and uh, we're back with uh, with James McCool. It's Monday. It's it's Mondays with McCool. Even though last week I I think I forgot that you were you were going to be away, and I was like, where are you going? I did. It wasn't in my DMs. I guess you told me, and then I just forgot about it. And you were you were you were you were away. Where the hell did you go? Uh, I was in Houston, beautiful city of Houston. Uh, I was there for the League of Legends LCS Spring Finals Championship. Oh yeah, you were telling me you were going because uh, that's I was making fun of the fact you're going to watch people play video games. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, it was it sold out the Energy Stadium uh, in Houston. So. A lot of people like me went and were nerds and uh, and watched people play video games. And I will say it was one of the most exciting things I've been to in a long time. And I've been to like, I've been to every single different sporting event, except for MMA. I was talking to uh, Shit My Money about that on Twitter, where he thought that when he went to the live final for DraftKings for, for MMA, he thought it was one of the best sporting events he's ever been to. Um, he had no idea what was going on, but he thought it was super exciting. I feel that people would feel the same way about going to a League of Legends live final because even if you don't know what's going on, it is just so exciting that the vibes are immaculate. It's just do it's people a, dress up. Does the audience, the people that come? Do yeah, you? there were plenty of people cosplaying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I, I'm not. I'm not just talking about cosplaying. Like, it's, I'm thinking like, is it like at a baseball game? You know, like yeah, at a baseball yeah. game, people come with like a glove. Yeah, like jerseys you come and with, like, like your or, own controller. Well, no, I mean you don't bring your own controller. Why? There's it's a PC. Well, why do you game. bring your glove to a baseball game? It's a PC game. You don't bring your keyboard to that. Yeah, why not? Oh, you bring your key, right? You bring your keyboard, just like in baseball. You bring your glove, right? I it's, mean, I guess you could have to catch a catch a foul ball. You never know, right? In the audience, the dream is is that you know one of one of the one of the people gets like, oh, I'm I'm sick. Uh, let's bring out a fan. They don't. They don't do like like at basketball games. Like you know, at halftime they do a promotion where yeah. it's like you'll win a car if you can hit this half court shot. They don't have like at at halftime of League of Legends. They don't like like you come up with your own keyboard and if you can beat this level, you win. You so, win a something. No, but I do think that's a good idea. I do think that it would be cool actually to be able to like have in between the games, like have a, have another little area where like maybe two random fans could go in there and like one V one a Ram style. I think that would actually be pretty cool. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, you should they, be they don't have t-shirt cannons. Like, I mean, it, like is their mascots, is there someone dressed up in some type of Viking suit? Not necessarily mascots, but like streamer personalities and stuff like that were there. Okay. Yeah, and like I said, like I said, I'm trying to move all the stereotypes for a sports game onto 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 League of Legends. Yeah, probably doesn't exist. Well, I mean, like there there are there are a lot of similarities to it. Actually, I would compare um, I would compare a League of Legends event to like a soccer event. So like, and I'm sure that you've been to live soccer games, Mm -hmm. where a lot of it is kind of just like the back and forth, and there's not a whole lot of like super exciting things happening throughout the entirety of the game, right? But like you understand as you're watching that there's setups and there's going to be plays and there's going to be like this kind of stuff, and that's where the excitement happens. And you can feel the crowd kind of swell when there's like a breakaway or when you know there's going to be a play happening or when there's a PK or something like that. 
Um, are, are they, are, do people go are they fans of specific teams yeah yeah absolutely so uh this this lcs uh event was there was evil geniuses which is um like a universal org they have teams in counter-strike and uh and league of legends and like other esports there was team liquid who um is a very like they're, they're probably the largest north american yeah, brand. I, I, it's a team that i've actually heard of yeah, yeah. So they're they're the largest uh, North American brand, and they were there. And then also a hundred thieves, and a hundred thieves is owned by Nade Shot, who is an old Halo Three and Call of Duty pro. So he has now kind of a global influence for his brand as well. So there are a lot of Evil Geniuses fans because Evil Geniuses has like this eighteen year old phenom playing ADC, uh, and he's just ridiculous. Um, and then they have a seventeen year old mid laner who's just like the biggest Chad. He's awesome. And then there was Team Liquid. There are a lot of fans there for Team Liquid just because they're like, even you know who Team Liquid is, like you've heard the name. Um, plenty of- But that's Liquid, with, they spell it with a W, right? No. Okay. There's some other Liquid. I, I, I've seen League of Legends lobbies or some type of lobbies. Yeah. There's some Liquid, L-I-Q-W-I-D or something, but no, this is not the same. No, no, it's just Team Liquid, just spelled out. But I mean, regardless, like, yeah, there, there are plenty of fans, like people wearing jerseys, people who had like jerseys of their favorite players, players who weren't even on the teams anymore. It's just, it's the same thing. It's like, if you go to like a soccer and NBA event, like it's kind of like the same vibe and the same um, environment where like there's concessions and there's merch stands and there, you know, it's, they it's the same thing. Yeah, it is the same thing. And it is, um, for people who are very excited about it, the, the cool thing about it is that these live events, like you can't go to these live events every single week, right? Like with NBA or with NFL or whatever, you can go and you can see your teams play. If you have season tickets or whatever, you go and see your teams play live um, every couple of days or every week or whatever, right? But the exciting thing about this is that you only really get these events during the finals. So we'll get a spring split finals. Um, we'll get a summer split finals and then we'll get worlds. Worlds is actually taking place in uh, New York this year. And I'm absolutely going. Um, but it's, it's super exciting just because it's rare. Like you don't get to do it very often. So it's, uh, it's just a very rare, exciting just rare, just like Just like people that play video games getting out of their mom's basement, right? Right, so exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. Well, and that, that's the thing is it's this combination of rare of these people who never leave their mom's basement now going to a rare event that doesn't happen very often. So like, do they, do they make, do they make the arena look like, like, like your mom's basement? Do they? Uh, no, it's not as moldy. It's oh. not as moldy. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, there's I like, maybe they some, try to go for the authentic feeling. Well, they do still try to make it cold and there's a lot of concrete around the stadium, right? There's some leaks. Um, they do make sure there's pizza pieces hidden underneath the chairs here and there. No, I thought, um, I, thought I thought I thought the, the the vendors they dress up as your mom and they and they pass out pizza rolls. Uh, no, they tried that one year, but like the illusion just wasn't there. Anyway, it was a great time. It was a lot of fun. That's I'm obviously making fun. I'm obviously joking about this. It's mm -hmm. not that I. Just it, it's I'm just putting my comedic mind of what this what 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 this would look like if you told someone 30 years ago that there'd be professional video game events in stadiums mm -hmm. or stuff like that. This is exactly what this is what the Saturday Night Live sketch would be. Yeah, for. exactly. And I get it, man. I like I I understand that like there are plenty of jokes to be made about it, but the the reality is it is really really fun time. It, it's a lot of fun. Right. I'm making fun of this while I'm I'm 
I'm heading to Las Vegas in three weeks to, to, to watch professional wrestling. Right. Yeah. You're going to go to Las Vegas so that you can watch a live soap opera of men who are in tights. Yeah. Right. Like, Chore- I, I choreograph get. fights against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's the same. It's the same kind of idea. Right. Uh, okay. So, so you, you were gone. So you, you didn't play MMA. How, how are you dealing with the projections and you have all, you know, well, you have everything running on automation. You have a robot there. No, actually, last weekend was the first weekend in three years that I didn't run models. First time in three years that I took a break. Did it feel foreign? Did it feel like you, you were missing a limb? I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I, I think that there are a lot of people who uh, kind of thrive in doing nothing. Like, I, I know a lot of people that are really good at doing nothing. They can, like, hang out and watch a, binge a Netflix series or just, like, sit on their phone. I, I know a lot of people that are really good at doing nothing. That's not me. Um, I, I was still trying to like do research and I was, I was in the discord pretty much all day talking through, through the baseball slates and like still posting different like differentials and stuff like that. I was still, I was still very active in, uh, in breaking down slates and, and doing picture research and stuff like that. Uh, just because I, my identity is built on my work. So I like to provide and I like to help people and I like to be there for people and especially for my community and, and for my subscribers and the people who um, depend on me to, to help them make these decisions and make them better players. Like I, I don't, I don't like letting people down and I like working. So it was really weird to me. Uh, I didn't enjoy it very much. It, sure. It was nice to be able to go out there and do that, but I think I would have enjoyed more if I would have had my work set up and been able to run my models and, and get that stuff done in the morning and then go to the event in the afternoon and maybe just skip updates. But I couldn't even do that. So it, it felt really weird. I really didn't enjoy it. Um, and was there a slate? Was there an actual DFS slate for the event you were at? Uh, the, the first day, yes. Yeah, so I, I was able to run things. Um, Is it the type of thing that you're stat- like people go to a, a baseball game, like I got to stack this game because I'm going to it. It's- Unfortunately in esports, no. Because if you stack games, you're just flushing money down the toilet. Well, I mean, uh, just stack the team like, oh, oh, so-and-so's playing today. I'm going to make sure to stack them against You so-and-so. can stack one team, yeah. If, right. if it was like, because there was only one match happening per day, if oh, you so there like... Were no sl- there were no slates for it. No, not, not full slates. There was a full slate the first day of the semifinals um, because there was, the, there was the Brazilian League happening that day as well, so they were able to put together a two-gamer. But the second day, no, there's only a showdown. Is there showdown? Contest. Is there showdown? There's showdown. Yeah. Oh, but okay. I mean, so, showdown, so, so, so you can still... showdown in League of Legends is probably horrible. It's not the wave. Right. It's not lit. Very unlit. Probably a, you're, you're, what, you're selecting six and you're probably building all five ones. It's four. And it's oh. just like. And you have to roster players from both sides. So yeah. it's basically three from one side and one from the losing side. Yeah. And you just have to hope that you roster the one from losing side that that scores the most points right yeah. out of the losers. It it sucks. It's not a good product. Um, See, look, I came, I came up with exactly how you should play it in about four seconds, and I right. don't know anything. Yeah, and you can literally, literally just brute force the the combinations, like the combinatorics on it of like actual upside plays, or like because you're you're not going to play a support captain. You're only going to play one of the main positions at captain. So like, there's only so many combinations that you can make that. I think there's something like 600 total combinations of, of playable lineups. And if one team is a large favorite, cut it down in half and it's just bad. Like it's not near as good. Okay. So I, I, I did nothing on, on yesterday. I mean, I tried to do nothing yesterday. Sundays typically are my nothing day. Okay. Right. 
typically watching I, I watch catch up on some netflix or whatever shows right law and order special victims unit i'll watch i'll just been watch five episodes that i haven't seen you know stuff like that but yeah. I, I i had to but still i'm online and i had to get involved because when when i when i see bad information on the internet you know i gotta correct it i mean that's 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 what everyone does oh someone's yeah. wrong on the internet you gotta pounce on that uh <laughs> Fortunately, I don't. I don't take it out on on the people. I I just I just tweet more. I just tweet stuff that is correct, right? Rather than just like you know dogpile on on bad people. But uh, but yeah, so that's why. Like today, I know it's a DFS pregame, DFS pregame show. But a lot of people here are betting on sports or getting involved in sports betting or trying to beat the markets or trying to make the little extra cheese or or at least or at least uh, you know. They're going to an event and they're like, oh, let me bet on some props or let me bet on a, like, and don't want to lose their ass, right? Essentially, uh, want to lose the least or have the possibility of winning a little without, you know, going broke or anything like that. And uh, most of the, most of the sports betting advice out there is, uh, is awful. Yeah. It just is absolutely awful. So, uh, so I, I tweeted out some stuff. Now, once you understand how, how sportsbook make their lines, how, how things actually work here. And what am I doing? I'm getting oh, the settings error. Uh, the put that beating the market. Okay. If you want to beat the market, it is very tough. It is very hard. That involves a lot more work, right? Than just purely, Oh, let me see what's going on today. And all oh, this, so, so the, the Philadelphia being seven and a half point underdogs, they should be more. I'm going to bet that, like, like you know, you're not going to be a you're not going to be a long term winning player doing that by just simply like, oh, I know sports and I'm. It's very similar to DFS, right? Oh, I know, I know baseball, right? I'm going to just build a lineup and win a GPP. Like we we know that that isn't true, right? Yeah, sure, you could get lucky. Just like you could just build an eight, an eight game, an eight parlay, you know, card, and get lucky on that also. Okay, that doesn't mean it's positive expected value; it's negative expected value. So the tips, the the, the to start as a novice, you have to understand what what would be considered basic strategy. Okay, so I'm talking about like if we were playing blackjack. So think of casino games. Casino games have very distinct probabilities, right? Unlike sports games where there's so many variables going on. There's so much stuff that could happen. Like a, a 52 deck, a uh, 52 card deck, uh, a 37, you know, number wheel. Like there's, there's nothing that could change. You're not going to go up and like, well, in this spin, it's only going to be 34 numbers. Like it doesn't change. Nothing changes. Okay. Uh, now, obviously in blackjack, there may be different rules and different games and everything like that. Uh, so what can you do to go to a casino and say, I have fun playing blackjack and trying to get, and trying to capitalize on, on positive variance in a negative expectation game. And, the, and if you play perfect basic strategy in blackjack on a normal rule type of blackjack table, right? Assuming it's a, it's, it's a, a continuous shuffle type of like where you there's no shoe. You're not getting a count. You're, there's, there's no, you can't count the cards because they're going to just replace them every hand. Uh, like the edge for the house is only like 1%, 1.2%, something like that. If you play perfect basic strategy, if every decision you make is 
the optimal one based on the cards that that the dealer have and the cards that you have right so that's i mean that's that's nothing i mean 1.2 percent you there's positive variance can happen even though if you we played a million hands you're probably going to be down about 1.2 percent of your money right by doing so but in the course of 100 hands Maybe you win 70% of the hands versus 30% of the hands. You win some double downs or blackjacks or something. So the goal, if you're playing recreationally, is to, how do I survive long enough to take advantage of variants going my way? Even though in the, the longer I play, the more likelihood I'm going to lose some money. But only 1%, one, 1%, even if you make some mistakes, 1%, 2% of your money, right? You don't want to make continuously make mistakes that give the house a five, seven, ten percent edge, because now you can't make that up in just like randomly getting lucky for a string of a hundred hands or something like that. So the goal should be: How do I play to by making the least mistakes, not by be, being the most skilled? Very similar to what we talk about when it came comes to poker. If your opponents are bad, your goal shouldn't be to try to. To try to increase your edge, it should just be to maintain having no mistakes and let your opponents just continuously make them and you benefit. So don't worry about how do I get an extra bet on the river on this hand? It's like, no, as long as you're not making any other mistakes, you're going to profit. You don't have to, you don't have to use your own skill in order to make money. So that's the baseline. So I view the same in sports betting. So what would basic strategy be? In sports betting, now in sports betting, I, I I identified essentially four basic strategies. The fifth one is just, I mean, the fifth one is how you survive, okay? And it's very simple. One sec, one sec here. I just want to point out to everybody that's watching right now that complains that Blender and I don't actually talk about anything that matters sometimes. Here's an episode where things matter. Here's where you tune in. Go for it. So, okay, so these are the four. If, if you want to bet sports and have the and be able to lose the least in the long run, this, these, that's what essentially these are the tips to lose the least in the long run. Now, how do you make money by doing this? You, you're guaranteed if you if you were to do this for a million years, you're going to lose the least amount of money. You're not going to you're not the law of large numbers. You're going to lose money to the sports books, but very little. The whole goal of this is to get that random variance you're well yeah i won eight bets in a row yeah that could happen right right you could accidentally end up on the right side of the line and get greg closing line value you could get a, a, a there are tons of things that you could do to without any skill without any sports knowledge and without any advanced math end up in profitable positions and plus ev positions with you not even having to find plus ev positions you're just taking advantage of the mistakes of the sports books and of the markets okay so the number one thing is to sign up for every sports book okay if you're whatever state you're in in the united states literally sign up for every sports book every sports book you possibly can okay and then you know what you bet on anything you'd like for any reason you want so if you want to say oh so-and-so got a new haircut then i'm going to bet on this team but that's perfectly fine like choose whatever the hell you want to bet on at straight wager, okay? Any straight wager you want. The only thing that you should do is get the best price, okay? So 
If you take a look, if we go to, you know, the money line here, I'm going on scoresandodds.com. We have a comparison of all these U.S. books, right? So you look here, the money line on the Sixers heat game tonight, okay? Let's say you wanted to, you like, Embiid is, is dead, right? And not dead, but whatever, he's not playing. I think the Heat are huge favorites, right? I think the Heat are going to win. You may not even understand what, what the, the implied probability of these money line odds are, right? But you're just going to go, I want the Heat to win. I'm going to bet on the money line. Now, on DraftKings, it's minus 365. On whatever this is, Caesars, it's minus 350. On BetMGM, it's minus 333. In comparison to all of these, this is 335. Minus 333 is the lowest odds, right? You bet $333, you get $100, right? That's what minus 333 means, right? You bet, you bet, 30, you bet $33, you get 10, right? DraftKings is you bet $36, you get 10. So if you're going to bet on that bet anywhere, you're going to go on BetMGM. Based on this, based on just, if you're going to bet, if you're going to bet on the heat, Okay. Now let's say maybe like no, I don't think Embiid matters that much. I think uh, I think the Sixers could could still win this game, right? They're le less likely to, but I don't mind getting paid. You know, I bet MGM it's plus two sixty five, which means you bet ten, you get twenty six dollars and fifty cents, right? One hundred to two two hundred sixty five bucks. Yeah, but if you're gonna bet ten to win twenty six fifty, why not bet ten to win twenty eight bucks? Why not make the extra dollar fifty by going to DraftKings? And betting on the on the Sixers, so if you wanted the Heat, you'd bet on BetMGM. If you wanted the Sixers, you bet on DraftKings. You wouldn't just go and bet. Well, I have a BetMGM account. I'm there, whatever. Well, you're you're losing fifteen cents by doing so. Like automatic, like like it's like going it's like going to the grocery store and going. I want to buy a box of cinnamon toast crunch because it is the best cereal, right? And you see the family size box, and it's four dollars and forty nine cents. And then right next to it is the same family size box. And it says $4.19. Like, why, why, why would you pick up the one that costs 30 cents more for no reason? You're there. You just, just pick up, just, just buy the cheaper one. So it's the same thing with sports betting. It doesn't even matter what you're betting on. I'm just saying, if you're going to bet, have accounts at all sports books. When you choose what you want to bet on, Right. If you're going to go, oh, well, let me take a look at some props. Okay. Okay. I'm going to let take a look at some props. I think with them beat out, uh, Toby Harris is going to have a whole 20 points. Right. He's going to score 20 plus. And you see that the, oh, the lines are 17, 18. It's like, oh, this is totally over. Right. I'm going to bet over on Tobias Harris's points. Right. Cause I think it's going to be like 20 or something. Right. Well, based on this, you should go to points bet. Right. Because the over here, this is over 17. Obviously, these bets have higher an extra point to the line. But if, let's say you just, you don't even have to care about pricing the, the numbers. You're just like, I think he's going to score over 20. So I don't even care what the number is. Well, go to minus 105 at points bet, right? Why go to DraftKings over 17 and a half? Bet 12 and a half, $12.50 to win 10 when you can bet $10.50 to win 10. That's, a, that's two bucks. On a, on, a, on, a, on a $10 wager, okay? Why not take your two bucks there? Go to, go to points bet.
I'm not saying whether or not the over is a good bet. I'm not even saying any of that. Just if you're gonna go out and go, I would have just I would have bet on some stuff tonight, right? Just just price the best line. That's it. Over over the course of like you go, oh, what's one dollar here, two dollars here? It's like, dude, if you were gonna be betting a couple of bets every night, right? I'm, just, I'm talking about recreational. You're not betting thousands of dollars or anything, right? You may, in the case of line shopping tonight, let's say you're going to place, uh, you know, five, six bets tonight. A dollar here or two dollars there. I mean, that's that's like like that's like getting one bet free if you're betting like twenty dollars a bet, right? Because it's like, oh, I'm saving a dollar here, saving two dollars here, and within within two days, your twenty dollar bet on this other thing on Tuesday on Wednesday of this week just became free because you saved all of that money instead of just taking whatever line was available, whatever price was available to you, okay? And in the case that these lines are efficient in general, and yet you're gonna, you're gonna win, it's a coin flip, you're gonna win half of them, but you're gonna pay big and you need to win 52.4% of them to break even. Getting all of this extra dollar, $2 here and everything, the extra 5%, you know, two to 5% is worth it if you're gonna be betting often. Right. So we're not even talking about whether or not the, the actual lines are priced well or anything, just like when you decide on something. Right. In DFS, let's say, for example, you go, I want to roster uh, Ronald Acuna tonight. And you had a choice between paying 6,200 salary for him or $5,500 salary. Like, just pay 5,500 salary. Like, why, why would you choose the difference? Like, this, this seems so like, well, well, you can't beat the books. And remember, I'm not talking about beating the sports books. I'm not talking about beating the market. I'm talking about how could you start betting on sports and having more of a shot at losing the least amount of money? Because once you get, if you understand how to do that, then you could start understanding how to, then you could start working on beating the market. If you don't understand how to get close to break even, how to squeeze out as much as possible from the mistakes of others, like, how would you understand the con? Like, it's the same concepts of, of beating the sports books, of beating the market, right? So, like James, uh, I mean, to me, this is, I mean, this is straightforward. I mean, th- is there anything that you could add to this? Like, I'm, I'm, this is this is the equivalent of play whatever you want, right? This is bet bet whatever you want. Just if you're if get the best price. I mean, just I, I don't. To me, I, I don't find this to be controversial, and I don't even understand why people don't. Uh, no, there's there's nothing controversial about it. Um, I think I, certainly, like there will be more as you continue to talk through it about how to actually work through the stuff that you want to bet on. Um, but a lot of that is going to be subjective, right? Like if you're using projections from Roto Grinders, then you're going to have different projections. And if you use projections from Osmo or from Pater or from FTN or whatever, right? So that part's subjective. If you have a projection of 20 at one side or 18 at another side or 22 at another side or whatever. Um, but none of that stuff matters if you're not maximizing the edges that you can actually produce yourself. So you have to make those right decisions. Um, I, I don't think there's anything controversial about that right because i'm not even talking about i mean i didn't even talk about anything about projections this is this is unrelated to sports knowledge unrelated to any like you don't have to do any math you don't have to do any just like just simply put like uh, i you could go to any like i'm gonna bet i i just feel like betting on on cricket 
and I know nothing about cricket. And it's like, I could go to, like, if I wanted to, it's, oh, I'm, I'm, for some odd reason at nine o'clock on ESPN 74, there's some, there's a, uh, Division Three uh, uh, Pakistani uh, cricket league, something, and there are lines on, and there's the seven books have a sport have a have a money line on it. It's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be leaving this on. Let me bet five bucks on something. Well, bet the just, I don't know which side to bet on. It's like, well, pick a side, and whichever price is best on the pick that price, yeah. right? For whichever side you want. Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like if you can't get to that. Like wondering about who, you know, what, what inefficiencies in the market are there are, are, are useless. Like you're, you're looking at the bare basic inefficiency of a market of there's no reason why prices should be different between sports books. I think that the example that you gave of two boxes of cereal right next to each other is perfect. Like I, I think that if you are going to look at sports betting in any way that is super simplistic in with this specific concept, that's perfect. If you have five of the exact same boxes of cereal next to each other and four of them are $4 and one of them is $3 and 70 cents, what sane person is not just going to pick the one that's $3 70 right. It's the exact right. same thing you have to think about when you're picking ones. Right. Okay. Number two has nothing to do with betting even take advantage of all the deposit bonuses and promotions that at any book that you have access to. Okay. This is, this is, this is what they, this is their, this is part of their cost of acquisition of you. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and a lot of times they'll offer you a bonus, but you have to have a rollover. So you're going to have to match. A lot of times it's 25 to one. Okay. Which means you have a $500. We can give you a $500 bonus, but they're going to release the a dollar of your bonus for every $25 that you bet. Okay. So in order to get the full $500, you're going to have to bet a total of 12,500 in order to get that. Now, obviously you, you don't have to deposit 12,500. You just have to play through or roll over that amount. And typically most sports books have, you know, you can go to your account and you can see how much you have left and, when you and some some sports books they release a dollar at a time. Some sports books it's like they'll release twenty five dollars at a time when you hit a certain level. It de depends, but th th that's all free money to you, right? Because the the betting lines aren't changing or anything like that. You're getting that you're getting five hundred dollars in free money, a thousand dollars in free money. They, I mean, whatever the deposit bonus is, they have promotions certain days like a flash thing and and uh, you know if. if 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 you bet a hundred, if you bet a hundred dollars on this, we'll give you three hundred dollars credit of whatever you know, and more part part of your rollover. Like, if you're if you're betting, take advantage of all of that. That's all. That's all marketing cost from the sports book that they're giving back to you. There's no reason not to take it. You want to take as much of it as possible. They're taking a big. They have a hold percentage, and a lot of times in the U.S. books, the hold percentage is too big. Uh, take some back from them. So like, even if let's say on the example that the lines are across the board, we go to, we go to, we go to the spread, right? Right. Seven and a half everywhere. Right. Right. DraftKings, it's a little bit, a little bit, uh, there's a 10 cent, there's a uh, 10 cent difference, but everything else is minus 110. Right. If everything was even across the board and you're like, okay, well, I want to bet on the, uh, I want to bet on the heat minus seven and a half. 
And you're like, well, I line shopped and they're all the same. It's like, well, where do I bet? It's like, well, simply bet in the place they haven't reached your bonus rollover yet. I mean, like, like it's like, oh, well, I already, I already maxed out my $500 on BetMGM, but I like their app. And I'm going to go in and bet on the heat there. Like, no, well, no, go, go to FanDuel. If you still have a bonus available, go to wherever, whatever sports book it is. Even if it's like, what well, I'm only betting $20, I'm only betting $25. It's like, if you're betting $25 and they release dollar for you for every $25, you're getting a dollar for betting, there, for making that bet there. So why not? You, you want the rest of your bonus anyway, right? So just bet at the places where, it, assuming it's even, right? Obviously, if one place has a way better better price, you go there. But when in doubt, if everything's even, go to a place where you st- where you still where you, where you have the bonuses available. I mean, like to, to, to me, that's also that's that's kind of a simple thing. Also, that like seems obvious. We'll bring it right back to the cereal box example, right? You have five different cereal. You have five different brands offering you the exact same cereal here. This time. All of them cost $4, period. Every single one costs $4. But for each one, you have a bonus that you get for every box of cereal, they'll give you a dollar up to $10. So you have these five different brands and you have already gotten the $10 from this one. You've gotten the $10 from this one, four of them. You've already gotten the $10. But this fifth one, you haven't gotten any of it yet, right? Why would you not just pick the one where you have not gotten the extra money from them yet? You maximized everything else on the other ones. The price is the same. If you can get that dollar for picking the box of cereal from the brand that has not given you the $10 yet, you pick that one. Right. Seems, seems simple to me. But people, yeah. these, are, these are two things that I would say 90% of people don't do. Now, now if you have those, and say that you've maximized the, the $10 that you have on four brands and all four of those brands are $4 and you have the fifth one that's only $3.75 and you haven't gotten your $10 from them yet? Now you made $1.25 just by betting at that one, right? Right. right. Okay, so the, 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 to me, those, the, those two are obvious and you're, not, you're, you're rarely gonna hear betting advice that says bet whoever you want, right? That's essentially like this. You have to be at the bet whoever you want stage before you get to beating the market. Okay. So if you don't know how to like, well, if I know nothing, like how do I lose the least? Like if you're not at that point, you're not going to understand how to, how to, how to beat the markets. So number three, here's number three is the complete opposite of most people's advice that you'll, that you'll see 99% of the content you'll read and see on the internet will be the complete opposite of this and i'll explain why okay so number three is bet on the lowest hold percentage wagers as possible now that part most people would agree with the lowest vig right right the lowest big markets so you know you don't want to pay 25 cent spreads 30 cent spreads but these typically the lowest hold wagers are typically sides and totals in highly liquid markets so think of sunday nfl games right? They're the lowest hold percentage sides and totals wagers there are because they're also the most, they're the most efficient lines. So the books have no problem keeping their hold percentage low and making it all up on volume. Okay. So typically the lowest hold percentages are sides and totals 
of major sports markets with a lot of liquidity. And they're not parlays, they're not teasers, and they're not small sports. They're not small markets, you know, division two, something or other, division two lacrosse or whatever the hell. Those are, those are not, those have high holds because the market isn't as liquid and it's harder to price them, okay? The reason why you're betting, this is remember, you know nothing about sports and you don't do any math whatsoever, okay? The more, if you're gonna bet on a Sunday NFL football game, five minutes before game time, that is most likely the most efficient line there is for anything in any in all sports probably nfl closing lines are like the because it's the probably the largest efficient market there is in all of sports betting and uh like most likely you're betting a coin flip, right so whatever money line whatever bet you're making on the game sides or totals wise if you're betting over 46 and a half you're if you continue to bet at the close of nfl games and you bet for God knows how long, you're probably going to go 50 and 50, right? It's very hard to not, right? It's very hard for, for, you, to, for you to be a 44% winner. It's also very hard for you to be a 54% winner. Like, it's very, like, those lines are nearly impossible to beat. Like, can you, can you pick those spreads and totals of, a, of, a, of an NFL game at close better than 52.4% of the time? No one, I, I mean, it's pretty much nearly impossible to, right? And because of that, it's also nearly impossible to be worse than 48%, right? Like it's it's nearly impossible for that also, right? So if you're gonna if you're gonna take advantage of promotions and bet and line shop or anything like that, like instead of you having to handicap or or uh, project or any, you know, determine the price of the line, because none of these have to do with pricing the lines, right? That's a skill. That's the skill to beat the market. You want the skill that you don't need the skill at all to just lose the least. Well, it's better to go instead. If you went into uh, division, like let's go back to the, the whatever uh, fifth division minor league cricket from Pakistan type of you know whatever some market like that, the likelihood of those lines being efficient is low, right? Because it's low liquidity, low limits. Also, you're not going to be able to bet probably ten grand on anything there. But most people say, well, go to the niche markets, right? Learn, learn a, a, a small market. You're the, the, I, I follow the USL, second division soccer here in the United States because Louisville City is part of it. You may know a lot. You go with what you know and go and bet and whatever because those markets could easily be less efficient. But that involves you knowing that, right? Let's say you're not sure about your skill. You're, if you go into those markets and go, I'm just going to go into the to the United Soccer League and bet on, uh, you know, Reno versus uh, San Antonio and look and like one line is minus 125, one line is minus 160. Because sometimes it could get that inefficient. The problem is, which way, which way is the inefficiency, right? Is it that the book that has it at minus 125 is severely underestimating San Antonio? Or is the one that's minus 165 severely overestimating San Antonio? What's the right price for that game? Maybe the right price is minus 145, right? Maybe the right price is minus 185. Maybe, maybe both, you know, you, you want minus 125, you'll take that all day. 
Maybe the right line is minus 115. You have no, remember, you have no way of knowing, right? And even if you're like with, with rudimentary knowledge of the USL, you're more, still more likely to make mistakes because there are probably, there are probably some US people that really, really know USL. They project it, they whatever. I mean, I don't know how much, it's probably not worth the amount of money you could make in it, but let's just say there are a lot of people that they've already, they've already modeled this and they're sucking out. Like the reason why one bet is, is one book has it at minus 165 is because a couple of USL, the people that they profiled as good USL betters are pounding this San Antonio minus 125. And then they moved it up to minus 145 and they're still going. And then minus 165 and they stop there. And this other book, because it's not a liquid market, is not, no one's adjusting between, no one's adjusting between them, that type of thing. And you don't know any, you don't, you don't know any of this, right? So you're more likely to make mistakes in randomly line shopping in, in very low liquid markets, okay? Remember, in the very beginning, I said, this is not about you beating the market. This is about you not, this is for you to avoid the most mistakes. So if you're betting in highly liquid markets, right, you're unlikely to beat the market, but you're very unlikely to really get to ever get the worst of it, right? That's why I said, these are the toughest markets to beat, but they're also the toughest for an unsophisticated better to get the worst of it. Because at worst, you're probably a coin flip, but you go into these, these smaller markets and you don't know what you're doing, you're more likely, you're going you're gonna to be going, oh, the, uh, the, this line seems good, plus 180, right? Because the other places have it at plus 165. And then four hours later, the line closes at plus 240, right? It moves totally against you. And you're sitting there, the closing line is dramatically different than what you bet. And now you're at, now, 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 now you're at like negative 15, negative 20%, right? Now, essentially, you've made like the worst wager that you could, even though at the time you were, you, you were like, oh, well, this is the best line available. So I'm just going to pick this because I'm watching the game. Like those, those smaller markets, those things move because they're not as efficient. It makes it easier to beat if you know how to beat it. But this goes, remember, this goes with you know and knowing nothing how to beat it. Just what's the bare basic thing? So James, I know, I know we talk about projections and, you know, looking at stuff like that to know what the, because really what you're doing by, by utilizing projections and models is you're trying to price the market. Mm-hmm. But this advice, like, you, you understand what I mean by, I didn't want to, I don't want to talk about pricing the market. I want to talk about if you didn't have a price on the market, how do you avoid running into the biggest mistakes? Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like, in the industry, we talk a lot about how soft specific markets are, right? Um, there's a lot of talk about how soft the prop market is and how soft, especially the season long prop market is for NFL. We talk about how soft uh, draft bets are if you know how to price out what you should be betting. But that's the crux of all of it is within our industry, um, there, there, is, there are soft markets to exploit with projections that are built well from people who know how to bet and then you're essentially just tailing their decisions right so um if you do not know and that's what this entire thing is about for for what jordan is is displaying here if you don't have a projection on something or if you don't know the market that you're looking into 
you should absolutely stay away from the ones that can move drastically or can be inefficient or can be extremely volatile. Um, and that is that, that the reason for that, we can bring it back to the blackjack example, right? Where if you're playing well, and you can learn how to play blackjack in about three hours, right? But you could learn by just looking at a card. They'll even give you a basic strategy card. Yeah, yeah, they will. You, you can learn how to do that very, very quickly um, to the point where you can probably have like a 2%, a negative 2% expected value over a long time, right? That is essentially the same thing as playing with closing lines in NFL on Sunday games, where like over a long term, maybe you lose like 2 3% if, if you're just like, throwing bets on there at the closing line after everything is efficient after all the lines have solidified everything like that right um but you can't do that same thing if you're betting legal legends or counter-strike or something like that where the markets are niche where it's not a highly liquid market where you're where you basically have to bet offshore and these games are starting at 3 a.m so if you're looking at a legal legends line for the lck uh, who doesn't release, they don't even release their rosters ahead of time, right? Because they're so against gambling that they don't even release their rosters so that people can make correct roster decisions and build projections to a, to a very specific degree. So if you're betting on a team that is, you know, negative 140, you think they, they are better than that. They should be a favorites or something. Maybe they should, you think they should be like negative 140, right? And then it comes out that they're resting their star mid laner or like they're, they're pulling in a sub for their star mid laner and he's like their academy player. And now all of a sudden they're plus 225 and you hit this bet thinking, oh, well, you know, I, I know League of Legends a little bit. I, I know more about this team than other people. And they rest their player. It's like, okay, well now you're screwed because you placed that bet six hours before the game started and five and a half hours before they announced any rosters. And then you have this big change and now the team isn't even the same. It's not the team, same team composition. They're entirely different. Um, but that's that kind of stuff doesn't typically happen in NFL. You know, sometimes you get these really late scratches of star running backs or something like that. But even then, the line only moves, unless it's a quarterback being scratched, line's only going to move two points? One but, 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 but James, the question for the professional, for the expert, for the you know, the, the profitable sports better is how much is that worth? Right. Right. But the thing is, what we're talking about today has nothing to do with determining the price of a market. Right. right? That's remember all the all the things about, oh, find out about Pakistani cricket and be the market leader in that, you know, and go in and because they're inefficient like that's that that you can do that. But yeah. that involves skill. It's a very similar to the stock market. You could go in and go, I'm going to pick stocks. I'm going to be really good at stock picking, right? 85, 90% of people picking stocks. The professionals, the people that, the money managers don't even beat the, the, the indexes. No. Like they, right, like they go, I'm going to be, I'm going to try to do better than the S&P 500. And I'm going to pick this. I'm going to look through they read. They, that's what they do. They spend all day trying to find the inefficiencies. And 90% of them, it would have been better off if they just took all their money in the beginning of the year, threw it in the S&P 500, and then never went to work again and just and showed up other, a year later. And then the other 10% probably just got lucky. Right. And the other 10% 
either have skill or they don't know if they have skill, right? They, you don't know. But you have to start with the, in, the index fund approaches. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Here. Like start from the, I don't know anything about the stock market. It's like, well, what if, you, if someone asked me, you go, I want to I put $10,000 into the stock market for whatever. It, you would obviously ask time horizon or anything like that. It's just like, I, know, I just want to park money in a place that I, I don't need it for, for 10 to 20 years. What, what, what should I invest in? I said, just put it, put it in SPY or something. Put it in VTI, right? Total stock market, Vanguard, total stock market. And, just, and, and, and forget your password for 20 years. And like, like that, like anything past there to do, like 90% of professionals can't even do. So like, what are you going to do? Like, right. oh yes, study books. And like, do, do you want to beat, beat the, the indexes? Yeah, that takes a lot of work. The same way that I just said with sports betting. Like if you want to beat the markets, that's a, now, now we're going to have uh, tens, hundreds of hours of other conversations, right? This is, you have to get to this point and 95 plus percent of bettors that regularly bet on sports recreationally or the hobbyists or whatever, don't even get to the point that we're talking about right now. So you have to get to this point first and understand these things first. These are very simple. That's why I strip out the sports stuff, right? Just like in DFS. Right, I strip out the play. Well, strip out the player names. We'll strip out the team names. We'll say, what is DFS as a game? And now I'm going to hear sports betting. What is sports betting? Right. Number four is what you'll see a lot of. Right. This is talk about like beating the market type of stuff, but it isn't. You're more likely to find inefficient pricing in lower limit player prop markets. James, you said that before. <laughs> Bet the biggest line discrepancies either way you could find between books. Okay, and you'll I'll. What I meant to what that means is find the lowest synthetic hold percentage. Now I didn't put I didn't write synthetic hold percentage because anyone that's, that's an ordinary person reading that would go I don't understand what that means. Uh, but I'll show you exactly what that means. Uh, spread out action on multiple props at multiple books to limit your risk and exposure to movement against you. Remember, this tip is based on the fact that you know nothing about sports. You're coming in with, I'm not an expert. I don't know how to price these things, right? I just want to bet on a game. I just want to bet. I just want to have some action, right? It could be on anything. You could show up for a college football game at three o'clock on a Saturday, not know anything about the two teams and just say, I'm going to go to scoresandodds.com. I'm going to line shop. I'm just going to look at the prop markets. I'm going to look at whatever. The prop markets are low limit for a reason. It's very hard for sports books to have tens of thousands of prop bets and price them appropriately right? They rely heavily on profiling in order to either one, shape the lines or two, limit the betters that are too sharp at doing that. Okay. So, uh, but you don't, but like I said, you don't know how, you don't have a way to price the lines, but by default compared to sides and totals, if you just showed up to, a, to a, the prop screen of any sport and just close your eyes and bet on like five bets, most likely you're going to hit an inefficient one. I mean, you're just going to rant you by random chance. You'll hit more inefficient lines that are technically in your favor. There are plus EV bets than you would from the sides and totals of any other market. Right. The difference is that sides and totals of, of liquid markets have, you could bet 50 grand. You could bet a hundred grand on those because they're efficient on a lot of these prop markets. You could bet 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, maybe 500, maybe whatever. And the better you do in those and you end up on the right side of the line too often, they start limiting you. So you're not going to make a, you're probably not going to make a ton of money. Like sharp betters can make tons of money, like enough, a, a decent amount of money on prop 
bets before they get like limited. Like, so it's not a long time thing, but you could random. What I'm saying here is that the prop markets, you could randomly run in to plus EV. Like you could randomly be profitable more so than sides and totals because the market is more inefficient. But that's the main reason why I said spread out action on multiple props at multiple books, because you don't know. So you don't know if they're efficient in one way or inefficient in another way. Like we said with that USL example. So if you're going to bet, you're going to bet props on it. Okay. I feel like betting on, uh, you know, the NBA tonight or something, there's four games and I'm, I, I want to watch the games and bet on a bunch of props, bet on 10 props. Even if you're betting on it randomly, you know, you'll, you may show up at, you know, five of them are plus EV bets. Two of them are negative EV bet, bets. Three are, are kind of even and uh, it's all spread out. And if, if the line moves against you, right, you bet four hours before the game. And next thing you know, someone's point total come up, comes up two points. And, you, you know, you, now, you, now you're negative EV compared to the closing line. Uh, you only bet 10%. Like you, you have 10 bets out. So it's like, okay, one of them moved the wrong way. This one moved the wrong, like rather than, oh, this one looks the best now. Let me bet all of it on this, right? That's Because remember, I'm coming from the perspective that you have no way to price bets. You're just coming in going, I just want to bet because I like betting type of thing. So what I mean by synthetic hold is, and this discrepancy that I'm talking about, we're going to go to James Harden's points tonight. As of right now, I mean, I probably could reload the page, but I just want to show this example, right? And these are only five books that we have on scoresandoss.com. Obviously in some states, you can bet on 17 different books or in it, whatever. So feel free to, you know, look at all of them. Okay, so you're going to look at this. You're going to look at the, the actual number. So this is 25, over 25 and a half. This is under 25 and a half. So this is all apples to apples comparison. But look at the discrepancy between these lines. Over 25 and a half, minus 105, plus 105, minus 108, plus 105, plus 110. Okay, plus 110. You can, if you see here, like what is the closest on the other side, okay? So now what's the worst line in comparison? If you're gonna bet over 25 and a half, obviously you're betting plus 110 over minus 108, right? That's, a, that's an 18 cent difference, right? If you're gonna bet the under, look at these unders, minus 125, they're all the same. Remember, they're all the same number. There's gonna be, there's gonna be a difference if there's a, if there's a one point difference. Now you have to be able to price how much is a point point is worth so if they're all the same minus 125 minus 130 minus 112 minus 135 minus 140 i mean you'd be an idiot if you wanted to bet under james harden's points of 25 and a half to bet minus 140 when minus 112 is available to you. it's a 28 cent difference i mean that's that's it's insane okay so what is the best bet on the overside plus 110 what is the best bet on the underside minus 112 which means it's a synthetic hold of two cents, okay? Remember, most bets, especially in U.S. markets, are 15 to 20 cent holds, okay? That, and what I mean, the spread between the two lines, minus 125, minus 105. This is a 20 cent hold, 20, 20, 20 cents here. Sometimes you'll see them referred to as nickel lines, dime lines, Right, you rarely get you rarely you rarely ever get nickel lines anymore. Like five cent spreads, ten cent spreads. Most of time you're getting like twenty cent spreads. Okay, so normally the whole percentage on this prop bet would be like twenty cents or twenty. Look, look at this, thirty five cents. Here's a thirty five cent hold. 
here's a here's a uh, thirty cent hold. Okay, this is a twenty cent hold on Fanduel, right? So here, if you were to bet on either of these two bets, either of them, whichever one you want, you're technically getting a synthetic hold of two cents. Okay, so that's what you'd be looking for. You'd be going through prop markets and go which sides have the lowest synthetic holds between the books, right? We could look, obviously they all, they all have to be the same prop, right? They can't be like, oh, change the number because then you'll have to be able to price how much that number is worth, right? So here's Tyrese Maxey, over 22 and a half, under 22 and a half. So you go, okay, I think this bet is off the board or something or maybe, uh, but let's say it wasn't, okay? So if you're going to bet over, you're going to do minus 104. If you're going to bet under, you're going to do minus 105. So those would be, that would be, the, that would be a, uh, a nine cent hold, a nine cent discrepancy. Okay. Do this for all. I mean, now, you, now, now that you know what I'm talking about for this synthetic hold, like go to the, go to this game, go to any game, go to all the baseball games, go to all the, what, go to K prop markets in baseball, go to K, any prop markets you want. And go, we could go here, get Twins Orioles, or maybe like maybe a little bit better of a game. Okay, uh, Freed Bassett. Okay, Braves Mets. We go to the prop market. Okay, strikeouts. Right, look across the board. Okay, Max Freed. Let's take a look here. No, no, let's take a look at Chris Bassett. This is perfect, beautiful. Thank you. Okay, Chris Bassett, over six and a half, under six and a half. What's the best line between these five books? Assuming that, you know, you may have 10 books or 20 books. But here are five that we show in scores and odds. Okay. If you're going to bet the over, you're going to bet plus 126 on, on FanDuel. If you're going to bet the over. If you're going to bet the under, you're going to bet points bet minus 130. It's the same amount of strikeouts. Okay. So what's the spread between plus 126 and minus 130? Four cents. Okay. So if you're going to bet on anything, bet on these, right? The, the, the largest discrepancy. Right. But then we go up to like Max Freed. Okay. Max Freed, the best over all the same number is plus 125 on points bet. Okay. The best under is minus 142 on, on FanDuel. So that's a difference of uh, 17 cents. Okay. So if you had the choice, like I got between betting on Max, any, either of these Max Freed bets, or either of these Bassett bets, you'd be better off betting on Chris Bassett. It's a four-cent synthetic hold, okay? So now you could just go through, like this is, remember, I didn't, I, I may not even know who Chris Bassett is. I don't even know who Max Free, I don't know if, I don't, I don't have any way of pricing bets or anything like that. All I'm gonna do is look for the largest, the, the smallest synthetic hold. And sometimes, let me tell you, you find positive ones. And once you find positive ones, you could actually bet on both sides and guarantee yourself a, a profit. And when you find positive, when you find positive ones, that's as a as an unsophisticated sports better, you should bet on both of them, especially if you have bonuses available to you. Right. So let's say, for instance, Chris Bassett, this line on FanDuel moves to his, his over moves to plus 135. Okay. Okay, which means you bet hundred, you get 135 bucks. Points bet stays at minus 130 over here. So you bet 100 to win 130. Like if you win this bet half the time, if it's efficient, your expected value is $2.50, right? Because it's $5 in between. 
right? $2.50, guaranteed. If you bet on both sides, you are guaranteed to win five bucks somewhere, right? Half the time, right? So it's all, so if you're trying to clear bonuses, you're doing it on two different sports books. Now, if the line moves, I'm just, this is a little slightly advanced thing. If the line moves on the same sports book and you find the synthetic hold go the other way on the same sports book, don't bet on the other side where you have, that's, that, that's, a, that's a red flag. Yeah. Or you're betting, you're betting both sides of the game at the same book. They're going to look at you and go, what do you do? Uh, especially if you, if you've got, if you've got arbitrage in the middle. So that's why you do it on two different books, right? That's what I said before. in number four, spread out amongst multiple books and everything to do this. Okay. Now you're not going to find positive ones that often, but the fact that you could find four cent ones, eight cent stuff under 10% hold, like dude, prop markets are 10 or 10 cents plus 15, 20 cent hold markets. So if you could find all these four cent, eight cent, six cent type of holds, like you could just go and randomly bet where you could find these discrepancies. And that's like putting your money in SMPY. It's like, you're going to be playing perfect basic strategy blackjack and lose without knowing anything, you will probably lose the least. If you were to play like this and then talk to someone that, you know, sits on their couch and says, I know basketball, oh, this guy's going to do well or whatever and stuff like that. And bet five, five, 10 bets a day or, you know, for a couple of bucks or whatever like that, you're going to make more money. You're by losing, you're not going to maybe be profitable, but the guy on the couch may be losing, you know, 12, 15% of, of his money because probably betting six leg parlays, teasing this, betting an alternative line that's priced horribly, right? <laughs> right. Like he's probably paying 15%, right, on his money. At every $100 that he bets, he's losing 15 bucks. Every $100 that you're betting, you're losing a dollar, right? And if you're getting enough bonuses, especially nowadays with user acquisition, you know, with so many books available in the US. It's, it's easy that if you just did this and used your bonuses, that you're, you're, you're almost guaranteed a profit, right? Like, like they're giving away too much money on bonuses and promotions that like, I see no reason that you, I mean, you could, you could eke out, you know, enough money for, you know, you could have two grand without doing any work, without literally handicapping or pricing bet or anything, just maybe end up with that user acquisition cost that they're spending on you, the bonuses and everything. Maybe you end up two, three grand in the positive at the end of a year without doing anything, with just just doing this. Because that, that won't last. 10 years from now, you won't see that. I mean, where the bonuses are, are that much more. But that's the basics. And then the number five, the number five is to you know, maintain a bankroll that's completely set aside from your finances that you could afford to lose for the entertainment value. Remember, this is, this is not how to make tons of money betting on sports. Uh, and only bet a small percentage on that on every given waiver. It's just normal bankroll management. Not like, oh, this game, oh, this game is a lock. I'm going to bet like five times what I normally bet. Like, no. And if you bet, if you if you lose four bets in a row or something like that, don't be like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to bet double to make up my losses. Like, don't don't succumb to gambler's fallacy and chase the Chase the losses. So that's it. To me, that that to me, that's sports betting. This is sports betting 101. You could go to anything. I can go to Mariners Astros. Okay. I'm going to go to Mariners Astros. Look at game details. Just look at the lines that are available and go, okay, 
Minus 132 is the best on the Astros, right? What's the best on, on plus 123? Okay, so that's nine cent difference, okay? That ain't that bad for, for, for baseball. You, you, you'd want dime lines if you could, but a lot of US books won't give you dime lines, but that's the closest, right? Minus 141 on one book, minus 132 on FanDuel. So if you're going to bet on the Astros tonight, you go on FanDuel. If you're not, you're going to bet on whatever, Unibet or Bet Rivers, plus 123, okay? And maybe that's not the bet. Now you look and you go, okay, that's nine cents, synthetic hold. And you go, okay, well, let me go to the next game. Okay, what, what do we have here? Okay, plus 140, minus 154, right, on what's available to me. So that's a 14 cents synthetic hold. And just go and go, I want to bet on the one with the lowest synthetic hold and bet on, e remember, you can bet on either side. Just bet on the ones with the, lo the lowest hold percentage between them. But then you also go to props and you go, okay, let's take a look at props. Okay, uh, Dalton Jeffries uh, over three and a half. And you go, okay, minus 115, minus 115, minus 116, minus 115. Okay, there's really not much difference here, right? Minus 110 on this side. So there's really there's really nothing, nothing here that stands out. Here's uh, over four and a half for Drew Rasmussen. You go, okay, what's the best line on here? Minus 110. What's the best line over here? Minus 110. Yeah, that's, that's you know, you're getting, that's 10 cents, right? So there's no, there's no advantage. Like, okay, that's, it's whatever. And you can just go through anything, right? Inning lines, what, what I mean, you could go on in the entire site, go to scoresandodds.com and just go to any market, anything. We have, we have football, baseball, anything, just go to anything. Diamond Max Marlins tonight. Let's take a look. Money line. What's the best? Like, this is more efficient. Look, look at the Marlins. Like the difference between these books is really nothing, right? Minus 162 to minus 159, right? Plus 140. Like there's nothing here, right? I'm not saying that every, every game is going to have small synthetic holds. You have to go and look for them, right? That's all you're doing. You just go around and look, right? You're probably not even going to find positive ones at the same time, right? The next thing to do if you're, if you're into arbitrage, is the way that I made money betting on sports back in the day was you bet on overnight lines on baseball early because you're, you could predict what, where the market's going to go. Right. So if you think this line ends up with the Marlins minus minus one seventy, like you want to bet Marlins last night at minus minus one fifty three, And then an hour before the game, it's now up to Marlins minus minus one seventy eight, And then they have a plus 160 on the other side at some book, right? Which now gives you a positive hold of six cents, right? A positive six cents. And then you just bet the other side, you capture, you capture three cents in the middle, right? And if you're betting enough, right? Like on sides and totals, you can get away with it. Prop markets, you probably can't because you're going to, if you end up doing that too much, you're only betting 50, 100 bucks, but you could bet, you could do baseball, you could do five grand a side. So let's say you do five grand a side in that, that scenario. And you're capturing 3% in the middle. That's 150 bucks, right? Like it's guaranteed money. It's not like, like oh, you, have, you don't even have to watch the game anymore. I mean, it doesn't matter which side wins because you'd have, when you do something like this, doing arbitrage, you'd have a calculator. You go like you bet five grand on one side and then on the favorite side, the favorite moves up. Then on the, on the, on the underdog side, you'd go, well, what's the exact bet that I have to make? So that I win the same amount of money no matter who wins, and maybe that bet is three uh three thousand five hundred and seventeen dollars, right? And you'd have that calculation. You bet it on the other side, which would end up being on another book, and basically you're no matter which bet wins, you get one hundred and fifty dollars, mm -hmm. right? 
and then you move on and then you move on with your day. And maybe, and maybe you could find a couple of those per day. Back in the day in 2005 to 2007, typically you could find two or three of those a day, right? If you know how the books move their lines, right? So there's a skill to that, right? And that doesn't involve pricing the lines, right? James, and all that explanation of me, like finding arbitrage, which I'm not telling you what to do, but until you understand how to find the lowest synthetic holds, how would you ever do consider arbing as, as a skill? Not because that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I mean, I'm literally trying to do that here, just that it's very hard to find a positive uh, percentage synthetic holds at the same time because you know the lines aren't that inefficient. But sometimes you, but truthfully, sometimes you can. Sometimes you can find two cent, three cent. But if you do arbitrage as a skill, a lot of times you could bet like a day in advance and at close or something like that, and end up capturing. I mean, I, I've in baseball sometimes. I mean. In extreme cases, you can capture 80 cents, but that's typically when injuries or something happen or whatever. But a lot of times back in the day, I was able to capture on average, probably 12 to 15 cents doing it like every day for baseball. And sometimes you get 20 cents. Sometimes you get 20. Sometimes you get, you know, a, a Yankee bias or Dodger bias or something like that hit hard on a Saturday or something where football doesn't, you know, isn't happen like you just back, also back then the market that the sports books weren't as in tune with the information keeps like so you'd find stale lines you'd find like it's like oh all these books move this line from minus 140 to minus 195 and this other book is sitting there half an hour later with still minus 140 right like it's still sitting like it's still there right until they move in i mean like you could find a lot more not as easy it is now but the basis of just simply finding synthetic holds, the biggest discrepancies of any market, which you could find a lot of the prop markets, home run markets in baseball, anything like that. And just, dude, I don't, I don't know who's going to hit a home run tonight, but I'm just going to look down the line of all the home run prop bets in the Diamondbacks Marlin game and see what's the biggest, what's the biggest discrepancy between the books and bet the most advantageous line everywhere. Right? Like, that in and of itself, you're gonna run. You're gonna run in to positive EV bets more so than, you know, deciding whether or not Embiid is worth that many points on the line five minutes before the NBA game tonight. Absolutely, no notes. No notes. No notes. Oh. Okay. So hopefully this is like an evergreen type of thing. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe. I mean, this is this to me. This is sports betting content, yeah. right? Even money making Mike in chat. Give me those tummy thumbs, by the way. You don't realize how drastic the lines change until you actually do the shopping. Correct, right? And he said gambling went legal in January in Louisiana. I have five active books, and the differences in lines is insane. Right? There's been a few times it's been close to a dollar. Yeah, right. Sometimes it can be insane. Uh, Jonathan Schroeder says the problem is that people play six five blackjack in casinos when three two is available. Right? I. Yeah. Uh, I saw that on a on a cruise. Oh, cruise people are the worst, are uh, the dumbest. No, because what they would do is uh, they're the lowest uh, limit tables, the the lowest uh, dollar table, the five dollar blackjack tables were six five. Yeah. Right, and the twenty five dollar tables were three two. Yeah. Now, the stupidest thing to do is what I saw. Right now, if you're gonna go and you don't know and like I don't want to bet twenty five dollars a hand. 
at least there's like playing on a on a six five blackjack table is awful but at least i can understand if you're like oh i don't want to bet more than five dollars a hand and that's the only tables that are available and this is what i do for entertainment value okay i could give that i don't understand the people that go to the five dollar blackjack table that pays six to five for blackjack and they're betting more than twenty five dollars a hand right that's the that's the the grocery store example with the cereal like dude just move tables over and make the same bets you're gonna make more money right for getting paid three to two right of course uh and they right exactly they don't know and they don't care it's the same with line shopping it's unfortunate but this will fall on deaf ears but everything that i say right don't don't we don't we say even the course right 95 percent of people will listen to this and not do it five right. percent of people will and and they'll they'll do well mm -hmm. but i can't make you do anything right uh yeah jonah shipman had jonah has a has a joke right just wait for freak to walk the first 10 batters of the game and then you can get his over five and a half k's for plus 600 right 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 you, you right if you want to get a good line on on the, on the football team or right? wait till the fourth quarter they're down uh three touchdowns and then better right you get plus plus forty thousand. when before the game they were only like plus 110 right of course incredible value right and bot says after you find the lowest synth synthetic odds you say it doesn't matter what side is it simply just selecting all the plus odds in an okay mindless? Yeah, it, it wouldn't matter which side, mm -hmm. right? Essentially, it, it's the same thing as going, it's it's the same thing as coin flipping at the close of NFL Sunday, right? Like which side, like, oh, it's it's five minutes before one o'clock, five minutes before Monday night football, right? So it's like, there's only one game going and it's the Seahawks versus the, what, like, if you just want action, like betting then, you can't possibly get the worst of it. Like, like neither side is profitable long-term, but need, but would you rather bet on two minutes before game time, right? Closing line of Monday night football side or a total or bet a six, six leg, same game prop parley, the six leg, same game prop parley possibly has a, ha, could have a hold of over 40%. Oh yeah. Good. Easily. Yeah. Right. right. The the hold on your bet is 10 cents. Right? It's and because it's the most efficient line there could be, it's almost impossible for you to bet wrongly. It's like betting on a coin flip. Are you betting heads or tails? It doesn't matter which one you do. Imagine betting on a coin flip and you getting paid minus 110. Okay? Right? You're going to you you would have to win 52.4% of the time. Right, but you're not. You're going to win 50% of the time because it's a it's a coin flip, right? But if you bet on alternative lines on three four leg parlays or are more than that, like you're going to have to win them much more often. The hold on those bets are way are not ten cents, right? You're going to end up once they add up because especially parlays they exponentially go further up. That's why betting on parlays is awful unless you could string six plus EV bets together. Then you know it's it's just exponential of whatever the EV of each bet is. Uh, if you're doing stuff and you have no system to price bets, it's be better to why, why not do perfect basic strategy, right? Get your lose minus one point two percent playing blackjack. The people that are betting six leg, eight leg SGPs are the ones are the people at the table that are splitting tens, right? Yeah. Right. They split tens again. They split tens against the dealer's six. Right. And they go, well, no, I want two hands to beat a busting dealer. And then they, and then they get, and maybe, 
you get lucky. Maybe you get two, you get uh, two 19s, you stay in the dealer, but okay, that happens. But more often than but more often than not, you splitting tens is negative EV. Just take 20 is a is a winning hand in blackjack, especially again against nearly any hand against the dealer, like such high percentage of the time that you should just stay. But people have these logics to, oh, I want two hands of right. And then what ends up happening is they get they get uh, you know, a 13 and a 14. The dealer turns over uh uh an eight right? And has 14, gets a four and has 18 and beats both hands. My, uh, my favorite thing is the person at the end of the table playing third seat, then gets a 14 against dealer seven. It's like stands. Yeah. And then he stands. It's like, you know, I, I got a feeling about it. I've, I've got a feeling about this one. Right. I'm, Those like, are the... I, I'm going to literally kill you right now. Like yeah, I'm it doesn't matter what they do. In the casino. That's a, that's another conversation for another day. But it doesn't matter what they do. Okay, so then there's a little long show. Maybe we could cut. Maybe I don't know. I'll, I could say it out loud for Devin. Maybe cut some of this up and put put it uh, put on the scores and odds feed or something like that. There you go. I mean, to me, to me, this is this is basic. This is basic betting advice for from someone that remember, I I haven't bet on sports in what 15 years or something something like that. Uh. Uh, but if I but if I were to to recreationally bet, this is where this is where you would start from, right, right, because that's exactly what I'd be doing. I'd be looking for I I would be the arbitrage person. I'm not the person, right. If you want to get the the scores and odds, the we have the the point projections for the props. Sign up for Roto Grinders. Sign up for Scores and Odds Premium, right, right. You could do this yourself. I mean, this is the, this this is not complex stuff, and you go oh. Maybe I could find some arbitrage opportunities, right? Maybe I could bet on one side early in the day and, and on another buck, but at the others, try it out. Now, the less skill you have, the more likely you're going to end up betting the wrong side. You're going to end up betting against yourself, right? You go, I think the line's going to move this way. And then it moves the complete other direction. So now, now you've made yourself an even more negative EV bet, right? And that's going to, even when you're trying for ARBs, that's going to happen even for the skillful people. The, the skillful people that'll happen one out of 10 times, not four out of 10 times, right? That's the next, now we're talking about the next step, okay? So if you, if you like this stuff, hit that thumbs up button. Think of the thummy thumbs, give me the thummy thumbs. Uh, I know James, uh, you could uh, you could find uh, uh, his projections, paydirtdfs.com or the Roto Grinders projections. That, that's kind of what I would do for like, if you, if you want to get to the next step, once you understand these, these basics and then go, okay, well, I want to just, uh, you know, let me just take the, the RG projections and translate them and play And, oh, let me find some props that are a little out of whack in comparison to the projections. Well, that's now you're getting into pricing bets, right? Now you're getting into how much is a rebound worth on the, on the prop line? How much is a point worth? How much is a, is a, is a, you know, a point worth in basketball for the total versus a point in NFL versus like, because then now you could start comparing lines that aren't equal, right? Because here on the Tobias Harris, we have over 18 and a half, right? Which is different than over 17 and a half, right? So how much is one point worth for, in this bet? Like you have to have a, a ability to price that and using projections could get you some of the way there and some Excel work and figuring that out. So that's like the next step type of stuff. And James, I, I mean, you, you offer this type of stuff for, for at Paydirt also, right? People use the projections to bet on sports, right? 
Yeah, and not only do I have the projections built out in medians, but I also have them broken down into the percentages that you can have for uh, any given thresholds. So you can actually see it in action. Right, so you could put like, oh, well, how often do they hit 20? How often do they hit 22? Wow, yeah, beautiful, right? So now, and if the projections are good, better than the market, that that's how that now you now you how this is how you turn perfect basic strategy this is like counting cards right it's like taking minus 1.2 percent and turning it into plus 0.8 percent or plus point you know plus two percent right to the other side right but you have to get to the you have to get to the first part like 99 percent of people don't get what we talked about today don't get to this part this side they go directly from i don't understand betting markets into i think i could predict outcomes and that's just like in DFS, it's not a game of predicting outcomes. It's a game of getting the best price and the best line for the probability, right? Like in DFS, getting the best, right? Probability for the ownership. Same thing in DFS. Okay. So, uh, so I hope you, I hope you enjoyed this, right? We don't talk about sports spending that much on this show, but uh, I could always answer questions when it, when it relates to this type of stuff. So uh, tweet me at Blender HD. Find me in the Blender's Game Theory channel, right? You could ask me stuff there. In the Ro our Roto Grinders Premium Discord, uh, sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. We got live locks at 2 p.m. with Grant. Go in, he's looking for inefficient prop lines. That's typically, that is what that show is, right? He's looking for stuff like that. Uh, Grinders Live is starting at 4.40 Eastern, right? We've got a slightly earlier baseball slate. Uh, crunch time is free, as usual, the entire season. Brought to you by FanDuel at six o'clock Eastern. So uh, click on that, uh, that, that notification bell to know when we go live and I will see you tomorrow. Answering your DFS strategy and any other questions like I normally do on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.